If you've been waiting, you can't make your mind up about buying the 10 DVD set Old Time Radio, now's the time. They'll be discontinued as of December 31st. Go to the oldtimeradiodvd.com today and place your order. Prices will never be any lower for this great set of Old Time Radio. Oldtimeradiodvd.com Welcome to Wagons West. I'm your wagon master, Ed L. Huffman. Glad to be with you again. Today we conclude the adventure of Frontier Town with Jeff Chandler. These are the Sons of the Pioneers with a song that was the theme from an Otto Preminger movie called River of No Return that starred the late Marilyn Monroe and Robert Mitchum. There is a river called the River of No Return. Sometimes it's peaceful and sometimes wild and free.
And now, Frontier Town. Guess I sounded like a boastful kid all over again. I mean, going in and deliberately rubbing Lefty Slaughter the wrong way. But I've found until you've rubbed the fur, you can't tell if the animal you've got is a house cat or a pole cat. Sometimes they're both dangerous, but you trap them different ways. Well, I found out in short order that Slaughter was as cold and cocky as they come. Knowing that, there was nothing more I could find out until such time as he chose to make his next move. So Cherokee and I sat for four more days in my office up above Cherokee's livery stable, looking out the window and watching the entire street. Then late the afternoon of the fifth day, Cherokee turned away from the window suddenly. Yes, look there. Hmm? That double-dyed, dirty gunslinger who terminated Lysha Parker's mortal existence is walking down the street with Lefty Slaughter. He was walking with him. Now Krug's turned off into the saloon and... Hey, hey, you see what Slaughter's doing? He's heading straight for Mrs. Parker's store. If that's the case, and it certainly seems to be, then what are we doing loitering about this legal logia? You're right, Cherokee. So grab your hat or your gun or both, and let's be finding out what business Slaughter might have with Mrs. Parker. Some of the boys over at the uh, hotel told me about the misfortune you had, Mrs. Parker. I mean about your husband. Well, certainly mighty kind of a stranger to come over and pay sympathy. And believe me, sympathy is just what made me drop in today. You see, I got to thinking about how difficult it might be for a woman like you to try and run a store alone. Yes. I'm afraid it really takes a man's mind to run a business right. Oh, isn't that the truth? And since I came to Dos Rios looking for a business to go into myself, and with you now probably wanting to sell... Oh, I wasn't thinking of selling out, Mr. Slaughter. Well, I know this may sound kind of sudden, but I'm willing to pay you a fair price. All cash. Say, $2,000. Why, we've got more than $20,000 just owing us on the books. Sure, books. (laughs) And with their cattle dying off like flies, that $20,000 isn't worth the ink it took to write it. Well, I, I don't aim to argue with a woman, but I'm a fair man. Once I make up my mind, I don't let anyone change it. Well, now, isn't that too bad? Now, you just listen to Mrs. me. Mr. Parker, then. you'd better do the listening. I've got 3000 here in cash, so suppose you sit down and start writing out that bill of sale. Why, if I were a man, I'd take that shotgun off the wall. I... Mrs. Parker. Hello, Slaughter. What are you doing here? Button in again? Nope. But since you're determined to stay in Dos Rios, I'm just being neighborly. And seeing as you want to spend your money, I thought I'd suggest to Mrs. Parker that she accommodate you. Accommodate him? Why, what do you mean, Chad? Well, since you haven't done much cash business this year, I thought maybe I could help Mr. Slaughter spend some of that cash he's got on him right here. Since he's so all fired anxious to buy something. Chad, I don't want any of his money, not any of it. (laughs) Now, who said it was his money? I'd hate to think where it came from. If you could think at all, you'd keep your nose out of this. What do you mean, think? If he could just smell, he'd keep his nose out of your business. Reach to the high heaven. Why, you loud mouth. Dad, stop it. Don't worry about your store, Mrs. Parker. Uh, you able to get up, Cherokee? Uh, uh, once I get some of these picks and shovels out of my hair. Slaughter, that was a mistake hitting Cherokee. Bad mistake for you. But at that, I guess you wouldn't have hit him if he hadn't been 20 years older than you are. Yeah. 
Who says so? I say so. I'm about your age. Why didn't you hit me? Well, I'm not too gentlemanly to hit you. That's it, Chad. Beat the brains out of the blighter. Not much satisfaction to that, Cherokee. He won't hit back while I'm facing him. Well, if I had my way, I'd christen his thick skull with a few bottles of my Indian rattlesnake oil. Applied with vigor. I'll see both of you again. I'm sure you will, but you're not leaving yet. Remember I was going to help you spend some of your hard-earned money here with Mrs. Parker? Cherokee, load some of those picks and shovels you knocked over into Mr. Slaughter's arms. <laughs> My boy, you've got a most imaginative idea. Well, what did he want with picks and shovels, Chad? <laughs> From what I've heard, he's fixing to dig his own grave. There you are. Three picks, four shovels. Mm -hmm. Hold out your arms, you insult human race. <laughs> gonna pay for this. Oh, no. Wrong again, Slaughter. You're gonna pay for this. Three picks and four shovels will be, well, in round numbers, let's say, uh, $50. Now, Cherokee, since we always aim to help the customer, just peel one of those bills off Mr. Slaughter's bankroll. Just one? Uh, just one. You're never gonna live a life of ease like that, Chad. Now, let's see. You can carry a little more. Just about room for a bolt of that calico. And it's just the right color for Slaughter, too. Yellow. Yellow. Well, it'll make a nice yellow shroud for that grave he's digging for himself. Yeah, with all the money he's got left, it's too bad we can't sell him a headstone. Gonna be needing that soon, I think. You're gonna be laughing on the other side of your face before I'm through with you. <laughs> for the time being, you're through with me now. So, uh, adios, Slaughter. And in consideration of your $100 purchase this morning, Mr. O'Bannon will be glad to open the door for you as you go out. Goodbye, thank you. And be sure not to come in again. Ted, I just can't thank you enough. Yeah, I'm afraid your thanks are a little premature. Why, what do you mean? Dad thinks he knows what that crook is up to. Seems to me Lefty Slaughter found out that almost every rancher in the valley owes you money. He's decided to cripple them, force you to sell out to him, and then take over what ranchers he's wanted for the money they owe the store. How terrible. Why did you let him walk out of here? Why didn't you have him arrested? Well, because so far he's been too smart to involve himself. As his hired gun thugs do his dirty work. Until we get them, Slaughter's still in the clear. Oh, I see. But isn't there anything you can do to stop them before they... they murder someone else like... like Lasher? What I'd like to do is create a situation which may force Slaughter into doing something he hadn't planned on. Some crime he hadn't figured in advance. Then catch him red-handed. I think we can, Mrs. Parker, if you'll give me your permission to call a meeting of all the ranchers who owe you money right here at your store. Uh, quiet. Quiet, please. Suppose you stop acting as if you're running this whole show, Remington. Let Sarah Parker do her own talking. Now, there's no talking for me to do. I've sold this store and all of its assets to Chad Remington, and from now on... You'll have to do business with him. Go on and grumble if you want, but it isn't going to do any good. You owe this store money, and I want cash on the barrel head. Or if I don't get it, I'm going to court and take judgments against every one of you. Remington, your poor father must be turning over his grave. How do you expect us to raise money now? You can raise money. All you got to do is drive your cattle to market and sell it off. Why, it's almost two months till shipping time. Instead of standing around here arguing, I'm advising you to get together and start a drive with your herds up to the nearest railhead. I'm only giving you five days to be back with cash. So 
if you know what's good for you, you'll be on your way by sunrise tomorrow morning. Are you loco, Krug? Remington buying out Mrs. Parker's store? Boss, I was there myself with the whole crowd. And he told them to get out and drive their cattle to market and be back with the money in five days. Or else he was taking over every ranch in the valley. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> There's nothing crooked than a crooked lawyer. The funny part is, what he's doing is playing right into our hands. Hmm? Playing into our... Sure, what happens? Those ranchers start driving their cattle to market. You and me and the rest of the boys are laying for them. <laughs> we get the cattle. Remington don't get the money, and the ranches he takes over are worth nothing. Well, I'll be... That smart monkey is playing into our hands. <laughs> what good are them ranches without cattle on them? No good. <laughs> Krug, you go round up the boys. A thing like this calls for a real celebration. Lefty thought I was dumb, all right. Those Rios ranchers knew I was a crook. All I was sure of was I was taking a long, wild chance and hoping it would pay off. Next morning, just as I told them to, the ranchers joined up in one big trail drive and started for San Jacinto. From where we were perched, Cherokee, the sheriff, the posse, and I, we could see the cattle spread out along the trail almost as far as the eye could reach. I guess we waited more than an hour, every man Jack's eyes shaded from the morning sun, scanning the pass below us, waiting praying for some sign of trouble. And finally, it came. A single shot. And then in the next instant, it sounded like it must have that day at Gettysburg. We waited for a moment to make sure we were right. And then the sheriff unholstered his gun and turned to me. You sure were right, Shed. Look at them rustlers pour out of that canyon. There must be a million of them. Two million, maybe. Yeah. All right, you bossy-men. Unholster those 45s and let's get to riding. Cut down through that arroyo. That way we can get between them and the cattle. Right in front of those rustlers' bullets. Hey, Tad, haven't I got time for a little drink of my rattlesnake oil? Something? All you got time to do is squeeze the trigger. Come on, let's go. It's that yellow spine skunk, Slaughter. Hey, Sheriff, you keep after the rest of them. Slaughter's trying to sneak away. I'm going to get him. All right, Ted. All right, come on, men. Don't waste lead shooting over their heads. All right, get around there, fella. Slaughter's got a quarter of a mile head start. Slaughter, the further away you ride, the further you're going to bounce on the way back to town. I'm not warning you again. If I bulldog you off that horse of yours, you're apt to break your neck. All right. Here's your lead back with interest. Get up there, boy. Come on. Get alongside of him. In there now where I can get my arm around that. Don't on you, Slaughter. Am I going to have to break your arm? Stop, Remington. Go, go. You've got me. I quit. I quit. All right, then. Come on. Get up yeah, and start walking. It's a long trip back to Dos Rios and to jail. God blame you, Chad. 
Here you had us thinking you were a bigger crook than Slaughter. <laughs> and all the time you were doing it for our own good. Yes, sir. Just like a father with an unreasonable kid. Yes, yeah, spare the rod and spoil the child. That's Chad's motto. <laughs> What's your motto, Cherokee? Well, I guess you might say to spare the flask and spoil the dream. <laughs> By the way, isn't it about time for the libation right now? <laughs> From the way I look after Bulldog and Slaughter off his horse, it's about time for me to take a bath and put on some clean clothes. Well, uh, it's not premature to thank you now, Chad. Except I don't know how I ever can. Enough. <laughs> you go talking to that young sprat like that, sir, and he'll go getting a swell head. <laughs> and not that he don't deserve one, though. That little idea of his of making the boys trail their cattle and certainly squeeze slaughter into pulling one crime he hadn't figured on. Yes, all right, sir. And in honor of my dear friend's talents... I suggest someone buy me a little shot of something good so I can propose a toast to it. Besides, my knees have to stop shaking yet. <laughs> well, my knee isn't shaking, Cherokee, and it's strong enough to turn you over it and beat a little genuine Indian tune on your tom-tom. Go, Chad! If you turn me over your knee, not only would you break my spirit, but you'd bust a flask full of the finest air key Indian rattlesnake oil that ever whetted a man's whistle. <laughs> I'm going home! <laughs> this is the song that made Willie Nelson famous. Made him a superstar. The red-headed stranger from Blue Rock, Montana Rode into town one day under his knees was a raging black stag Walking behind was a babe The red-headed stranger had eyes like thunder and His lips, they were sad and tight His little lost love lay asleep on the hillside And his heart was heavy as night Don't cross it, don't boss it He's wild in his sorrow He's riding, hiding his pain Don't fight it, don't spite it Wait till tomorrow Maybe he'll ride on again A yellow-haired lady leaned out of her window And watched as he passed her way She drew back in fear at the side of the stag But cast greedy eyes on the bay But how could she know That this dancing bay pony Meant more to him than life For this was the horse That his little lost arm Had ridden when she was his wife Don't cross him, don't boss him He's wild in his sorrow Riding, hiding his pain Don't fight it, don't spite it Just wait till tomorrow Maybe he'll ride off again The yellow-haired lady came down to the tavern and Looked up the stranger there He bought her a drink and he gave her some money just didn't seem to care She followed him out as he saddled the stallion 
and laughed as she grabbed at the bait. He shot her so quick, they had no time to warn. She never heard anyone say, Don't cross him, don't boss him, he's wild in his sorrow. He's right, hiding his pain. Don't fight him, don't spite him, just wait till tomorrow. Maybe he'll ride on again. The yellow-haired lady was buried at sunset. The stranger went free, of course. For you can't hang a man for killing a woman. Just trying to steal your horse. This is the tale of the red-headed stranger. And if he should pass your way, stay out of the path of the raging black stag and don't lay a hand on the bay. Don't cross him, don't boss him, he's wild in his sorrow, he's riding and hiding his pain. Don't fight him, don't spite him, just wait till tomorrow, maybe he'll ride on again. This is Eddie Arnold, and perhaps his most famous recording.
Wagon's West is researched and written by E.L. Huffman, yours truly, and produced by American Radio Transcriptions. The song Wagon's West is written by Stan Jones and performed by the Sons of the Pioneers. Dusty wheels are going cross mountains high.
which features the best in all-time radio shows. You'll hear all the greatest stars and the greatest shows. 